This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Just be sitting up there jacked with Pepsi. I'm there for the pot goat. You just got to pack me in committed to the bow early on like i love getting close and putting up you cover a range of stuff on here too right like we call this the uh, the thp world headquarters you know my grandpa roy weatherby i came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls just you're canadian we're doing yeah, a canadian I... podcast my name's douglas Bowes. i'm robbie denning right on so thanks for hopping on the show Trev. yeah thanks for having me so like we were uh, talking, uh, texting back and forth there, uh, kind of my plan to do this year was something a little different. I wanted to do uh, something that I, I haven't seen anybody else do. It's basically going to be um, a four-part mini-series on calling elk. Now, one of the things like I'm very guilty of, as you know, is I don't pick up my reeds or my bugle tubes until about two weeks to three weeks before the season. And now, <laughs> you know, um, I should be starting to practice. Now I, I have called before I, you know, I, I would, I'm not as an experienced elk caller as you, but I can call. So I don't feel that I need to necessarily start going through all my calls right now, but you know what, it wouldn't hurt. But basically I was thinking what would be really handy is if we can basically just start from scratch and kind of go through, you know, a lot of guys that hunt elk, they have a real hard time using a read call. And yeah. now with your calls, you know, I use one call and that's it. One read and that's it. I use it for cow calling. I also, and I use it with my bugle too. Um, so yeah, I would, I just kind of <clears throat> want to basically, like I said, pick, you know, go through a couple calls. We're going to start from scratch. We're going to basically start with how to make sound, um, you know, and then as these series kind of progress through part four series, we'll get into, you know, some of the, you know, more uh, intermediate calls. We're not going to get into expert calls like you can do, obviously, because, you know, that would take a lifetime. And uh, I mean, you've dedicated your whole life to making calls and elk calling. So, and I don't think we need to go into it that deep, uh, but, you know, just like basically how to make some calls, how to make that read work, uh, going into applying them with a bugle tube, and then from there, what calls to use and when to use them to be successful when you're hunting. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And and being realistic, you know, most guys, we should keep it pretty basic for them anyways. And the basic calls are really, that's all you really need to go out there and call elk in anyhow. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, you know, you and I have talked quite a bit and like I use... um just cow sounds mostly and i've killed you know 
yeah a few milk with just calf sounds i mean obviously you know i really did struggle previously with other bugle tubes but you know with your bugle tube and that little custom mouthpiece at the end it really helped me with my uh you know bowl sounds and stuff so yeah we can get into that a little later so why don't you yeah, just start sure. off simply with like maybe just a couple of your calls you know just tell us quickly what they are and we'll just stick with those calls throughout this whole okay. little series and then you can just basically walk us through as like for the guy the guy who just buys that read off the shelf how to make a call yeah okay and so, if you got anything to add derek just hop right in buddy yeah, yeah for sure so i'll just hold up a couple basic calls here so i got the frolicker and i got the sassy so what these are they're basic they're really light latex reeds and you can see if i hold it up it's a really light latex so for the basics and you know guys there and gals that are learning how to call find yourself a read that says cow or calf read and that's what mine do if i bring it up close mm -hmm. right here they say cow or calf same with this sassy and on my new packaging up in the top corner i also put a little logo up there for oh, you yeah. know that's a little little cow and a little calf cool. my bugling reads versus that they'll have a bull elk Oh yeah. Nice. So oh, kind of gives you an idea um, just by looking at the card, what you can kind of expect. And that's going to basically tell you thickness of the latex as well. So a bull reed is going to be thicker latex. Cow and calf reed is going to be thinner. So the thinner latex is always the easiest to learn on. And basically when you're learning with a reed, just basically if this is my tongue, you're just basically putting it on your tongue and you're raising it to the roof of your mouth. So the whole trick behind it, I'm keeping the tip of my tongue here. That's down in the, in the bottom of my lower teeth. And I'm actually arching my tongue up like this, not lifting my tongue up like that. Cause the whole, the whole science behind using a reed is you're trying to get air to go across this latex. So by doing that, all I do is put it on my tongue and literally use the air in your chest, in your diaphragm. And what I tell people, hiss like a snake. So you're literally going. And that's why kids pick it up so good because they like doing that kind of stuff anyways, right? <clears throat> so when you put it on your tongue, basically, you don't even have to lift the reed up or nothing. Just kind of tilt it up just a little bit and start hissing. So literally go. And with the reed in, on my tongue, raise it up, keep the tip of your tongue down, and hiss. Now, obviously, that doesn't sound like an elk, but now, if you start raising it up higher and higher with your tongue, to start pressing it into the roof of your mouth, what it actually feels like before you put the reed in, take your tongue and arch your tongue and feel like you're touching your upper molars. And that's literally how it feels once you put your reed in. And then once you start hissing, that tone will go up higher and higher. So as you start pressing your tongue up. So that's kind of the whole basics behind it. Um, you are using your air down here in your diaphragm. You're not using the air like if you're going to um, say whistle. Like you're not using that air at all. The air coming out is actually warm. So basically put it on your tongue, raise it up, and then just start hissing. Now I see when you're doing that, Trav, you're moving your mouth. Now, is that like you're manipulating when you're doing that? You're manipulating the sound coming out of your mouth when you do that? Or are you doing anything with your tongue as you're doing that? Not really. My tongue is doing all the work for me. Right. Um, but as you close your lips and open your lips, you'll get more volume. So if you close your lips...
So that's why after you, it's kind of normal for you to start doing that after a while. You'll just throw different sounds out. You're going to throw calf, cow, calf, cow. And basically you're going to have different lips for how the volume you want. A lot of people you'll see, they'll be like cupping their mouth and doing it behind them and stuff like that. That's kind of little tricks for in the woods. Um, you don't really have to do it when you're practicing, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of becomes natural after a while. Travis, yeah, how do yeah. you, uh, what different call, like, is it call volume or is it a distinctive tone difference? If you're trying to say, uh, call using like a cow call versus like a calf call. Uh, basically it's the same. Um, so the air coming out is pretty much the same. Um, you can add more air to get more volume. Uh, but to do a calf call, instead of like to do a cow call, you're going, ew, ew. to do a calf call, you're just going, ew, ew, ew. so if I put it in my mouth and show you a cow call, calf. But you're basically, the air coming out is pretty much the same, unless you're trying to really amplify it, then you can blow harder. So you can see it's just adding a little more air force to it. So Trav, I know one thing I did um, when I first started trying to learn how to use a, a reed was my, I got a lot of saliva, almost choked on the thing. Is there anything guys can yeah. do to not have so much like <clears throat> to not have that happen as bad as I did? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. You can kind of tell with my reeds, I have the little cuts in them. Mm-hmm. That's that makes all the sides fold independently. Gotcha. So it actually molds to the roof of your mouth a lot mm-hmm. better. And, and I guess that's important to make sure that there's no air traveling through mm-hmm. that. Cause that must be a lot of like where the saliva. Yeah, exactly. From. That's yeah. where it comes. People are trying to blow harder and mm-hmm. the more you blow, the more saliva you build. Um, and the other thing, even I do it before I put the reed in my mouth, I'll swallow. So your mouth is nice and clear and then get the reed in right away. Do a couple sounds. And then pull it out and always swallow down again. Even while you're calling, you're going to build up saliva and mm-hmm. it's going to be on the reed and whatever. If it gets really bad, just wipe it on your clothes and, and start again kind of thing. It's it's totally natural for that to happen. And basically, I can all I can say is do a couple calls, pull it out, and then basically, you know, swallow your saliva down or spit or whatever you're going to do and then uh, go back to it. Right. For sure. Awesome. Okay. Now that we know, um, now that we got that, you know, how to, how to make the sound come out of the reed, what's next? Like, let's, let's talk a little bit about bugle tubes. Uh, and then maybe we'll talk about using the reed with a bugle tube. Sure. Yeah. So the bugle tube, basically, this is a bugle tube. They're basically hollow. I can put you there. Mm-hmm. You can see right through it. And same on this end. So the nice thing about bugle tubes, there's so many different on the market. Like you just go to any store and there's, you know, 10 or 20 different ones to pick from. Um, <clears throat> I like something kind of on the little smaller. This is called my mini rump shaker. It's the little rip, basically, is what it is. So it's a lot smaller than my or- original one was the rump shaker. It was quite a bit longer and bigger. Um, so I've switched. I think I that's, made my... that's this one here. I believe that's this one, right? It's a little bit bigger, the rump shaker. Yeah, the rump shaker is bigger. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, around here is the same size, but I took a couple inches out of it off the end here. Now, does could... that make a difference? Let's talk about that real quickly. Does size of the sure. tube make a difference? It actually does. If you're trying to portray lots of volume out there, the bigger the tube, the better. Um, Try not to go anything smaller than this. Like I know we all started back in the day. We all had like vacuum hoses that are like small around. 
Um, if you use small stuff, you get small sounds. So right. you use something with a big chamber, and you get a lot bigger sounds out of it. Now, um, is one is one harder to use than the other? Like, is a big tube for more, you know, advanced callers like yourself, world class callers? Not really. They're the same exact thing. Basically, what you want to think of the tube is is basically your amplifier. So you and your reader are doing all the sounds, but the sound that's coming in here is basically the tube is making back pressure. So as you're going up higher on your read, trying to go to a higher pitch, mm-hmm. this this little round part here is basically it's silicone. So your air is coming through it. It's hitting this end, but then it's starting to bounce back. And that helps pressurize your read a little bit. And it puts a little bit more pressure on the latex. So it helps you go to that next note a little bit. And it's called back pressure. That's what it's called. So as your sound is traveling down, your air is traveling down through here. It's hitting the end, bouncing back. And then once you hit that higher note, it kind of holds there automatically for you. You can actually release your pressure off your reed just a little bit. And it'll stay in that note for you. So, Gotcha. Does your mouthpiece play a role in that for dammer? Do you have different sizes or or uh, do you notice any any change in back pressure when you're doing different calls with your mouthpiece size? Uh, not really. So I keep mine. It's a pretty big mouthpiece. The reason I do that, you can see on here it's flared as well. So the reason I do that, um, certain bugles, you're going to want to be spudding your lips like a lip ball. Yeah. So having a bigger opening lets you have your lips more inside of it and to the outside edges rather than going over top. Um, but when you're doing a lip ball, you're sputtering your lips. So you don't really want your lips to touch inside here. So let me just kind of, I'll show you what the sound would be just real quick. So that's kind of what the sound would be. So you're literally just spudding your lips really tight. They're together and you're just is kind of what you're doing. But the minute you take your tube and you do that with your lips and you touch to here, the vibration's going to stop and then your mm-hmm. sound is all going to stop. So <clears throat> that's, that's getting pretty far into the calling of it. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, is, but there, that just, is there any I, tube that you would suggest a beginner start with? Um, not really. I would just say if you have a tube at home or your dad has a tube or your brother or someone in your family has one, just grab it and start playing with it. One Um, thing I wanted to add was that this little, I always struggled with the traditional tube style. Yeah. Now this little cup piece. Now my screen is, is, uh, here, I'm going to switch the screen around here so the people listening can see it. So this little piece that you add to the end of your bugle tubes yeah made all the difference in the world in my ability and sound with this tube i don't mm-hmm. sound nearly as good well i would like to think i don't sound nearly as good <laughs> with the other one i mean i'm not saying i sound good with you know either way but i'm saying yeah. with this little with this little piece that you put on end this little rubber piece it it yeah. sure definitely helped me uh with my bugle tube and you know like i said i am you know far from experienced when it comes to elk calling so yeah uh, well well part of that if you take that end cap off that hole's a lot smaller because now you're just dealing with the plastic um this i have mine glued on pretty good so i don't pull it off um but the hole is a lot smaller rather than calling on the on the end of here and that's kind of why i flared it you know i i kind of did it for like creature comfort as well uh but it does make a difference when you're when you're calling gotcha for sure okay let's talk a little bit about using the reed and then applying the bugle tube to it at the same time so like kind of like what it should sound like like make the sound you're making and then what it sounds like when you're applying the bugle tube sure okay so and believe it or not when you're doing um cow sounds as well a lot of times i don't do everyone through it but i do I do cow call through my tube as well. So if you're just going to do a basic cow, you 
it does change it. It gives it a little more tonal quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do use it for some of my cow calls, obviously not all of them, but where it really starts to shine is when you start doing your moans and groans and chuckles, and then obviously right into your all, all out bugles, uh, your location bugle, advertising bugle, you know, all those ones, they all have special names to them, but you pretty much have to have uh, a bugle tube to do the sounds properly. I mean, you can just do a bugle with your reed, but it's not going to sound the same, you know? Yeah, so for sure. Um, so are are you, nothing's changing though in that sequence. So people, when people are making the sound, they're making the exact same sound, but they're now they're just applying it to their lips. They're not yep. jamming on their face. So it's like really hard and tight. They're just gently pressing yep. against the lips, right? Yeah. Just basically, I'm not pressing my lips into it. They're just mm-hmm. up against it. And basically what a lot of people are going to find, and me as well, I find I actually call better with a tube than without a tube. I don't know if it's a mental thing or if it's just you're taking your focus off making the sound because you're doing it into a tube now. It almost like it tricks your brain a little bit and you don't think about, okay, I don't want to mess this sound up. As soon as you put a tube to it, it's kind of automatic. You just do the sound into it automatically, right? So, right. I guess mentally too, when you, the thing is with like, not necessarily with the cow and calf calls, but especially with the, you know, the, the bull calls, which we'll get into in a little bit, those really, that's where you really notice it because when you're using a reed, you know, you might be doing, you, you might start off doing it and you're like, well, this sounds nothing like it. But then as soon as you apply the bugle tube to it, you're going to be like, whoa, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now I can actually yeah. hear those sounds and like what I was practicing. But in order to get that before you even put a bugle tube to your face, you have to, you know, work those muscles, get, you know, get comfortable with that reed in your mouth. So it doesn't feel like you're going to choke on it. Cause like for the first time you put it in your mouth, you feel that latex on, yeah, on the roof of your mouth and on your tongue. It's kind of like a, a, a bland taste where you're like your natural, your body's natural reaction is to mm-hmm. spit it out. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so make sure you get those process, go through the first processes and then, but yeah, once you start adding a bugle tube, it is definitely good because then you can start, you know, understanding what you've been practicing before you start to make, you know, you start to you um, hear the sounds that you've been making and they sound more like you're, you know, imitating the out, the out calls. Exactly. Yeah. And one thing I want to point out, people are going to start out with a count calf read, like we talked about. And then they're going to advance to like a bugling read. So this What's one's that the one ca- there, the, the chaos. The, yeah, this one's called the chaos. Yeah. <clears throat> so the difference between them, they both look the same. If I hold the reeds up, the reeds both look the same, but they're totally different. The latex that they're made with, this one's really thin latex. Remember, it's for cow calf sounds, mm-hmm. so you're going to get higher pitches right away. This one's a 04 latex. So this is basically a middle-of-the-road latex that you're going to pick up at any store. It's a 04. And a lot of the stores, if you read the reads, they'll say like a medium bull or um, just a bull call, stuff like that. The reason they're saying that is because once you start going to a thicker latex, so this one here is a 0.25 latex. This one's a 04. So almost double the thickness. So if you try doing a cow call on this one, it's a lot harder because it's made to bugle. So a cow mm-hmm. call. You can hear it's twangy because yeah. it's made, it, you know, it's made for that higher pitch. You know, it wants to go to a high note and scream versus doing a cow call. They're really good once you wear them out. So once you wear them out, don't throw them away because they become a really good cow call. But up until that point, you know, it's basically made for bugling, location bugles, um, advertising bugles, chuckles, moans and groans, grunts, that kind of stuff, Uh, barks. That's really important for sure, because I think for guys who've never called or who can't, who really struggle making sounds with those calls, if you're using a call that's that you shouldn't, you know, that this latex is too stiff. 
it's going to be really hard. And I find that still when, if I'm using a, a really like a brand new ball, I put it in my mouth, man, like you have to really push on that to wear that, that uh, latex. In. And like I said, I'm not a great caller. I, you know, I, I don't call a lot when I'm elk hunting. Yeah. But like, I like, like you said, when my call gets broken in, um, that I really like it then, right? Because then it's soft. I can make cow calls. I yeah. use it. For, uh, no, I just, I'm kind of like a, a one and done. I have one of your calls and I, I don't remember which one it is, but I have one of them and that's it. And I have like 12 of those things. And then when it rips or it breaks or I lose it, then I grab a new one. But the new one, as yeah. soon as you put a new one in your mouth, man, yeah, you got to mm -hmm. really work and break those things in for sure. You got to break them in and you got to get used to, used to that different tension again, because you're going to put different air across it, right? Yeah, for sure. So, Going one more step higher. So this is a 04 latex and this is my Reaper. This is the one that I use mostly when I'm out hunting, bugling, doing all the, you know, all my favorite bugles and stuff. I use this one at Worlds as well. It's a 05 latex. So this one's 04, this one's 05. So it's thicker yet again. So mm -hmm. now, now, sorry, Trev, I noticed you had a little, that there's a, a bull and a cow up on there. Mm -hmm. so yeah. that thicker latex is it still it's it's still good to use for cow calls yeah yeah once you once you break it in quite a bit mm -hmm. then you oh, gotcha. can still cow call on it as well just like what you were saying with your favorite read so yeah. <laughs> So it does take a little bit to break it in because it is a thicker latex. <clears throat> but believe it or not, I got guys that phone me and they want to buy the Reaper just for their cow call. And I'm like, okay. well, guys, you know, it's a thick latex. It's made to bugle. But some guys press on them really hard and they press, mm -hmm. you know, they're pressing up in the roof really hard and they blow harder. So that's kind of what they want. You, a lot of these guys are used to back in the day, there used to be triple and, and double reeds. A lot of these guys are used to double and triple reads. Yeah. So that, that's why they go to that one. I have a now, question for you, uh, Travis. So um, do you have different sizes for different pallets or different frames? Or how do you accommodate, say, someone that has like a really high pallet? Because I know for myself, uh, starting out calling, that was kind of a crapshoot. I had to go through a zillion different types of calls and frames. And how, how would you kind of steer somebody towards one reader if they have like a narrow pallet tall pallet or wide shallow yeah. how would you how would you uh uh steer them with your different calls okay yeah so i'm just gonna grab one over here so in my normal lineup it's my frame size is the normal just a normal size frame it's just a regular mm -hmm. regular one they call that small but it's actually a regular um, then I got in my, in part of my lineup, I have a narrower frame, so it's smaller, like the distance between here and here, mm -hmm. here and here is a lot, mm -hmm. a lot narrower. So it's actually made for younger people, uh, females, and then men with the higher palate, like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So, and most call manufacturers will have their regular frame and then a narrow frame. And some have, like if you do Phelps, they do uh, a medium frame. I think his amp frame is probably a medium frame mm -hmm. uh, through Phelps. And I'm actually in the process of building a medium frame right now as well. Um, so I'll have that out hopefully for hunting season this year. Uh, but right now I just have the narrow frame and then my regular frame. And I'm going to be adding the medium to it. So it'll be between the medium frame is going to be between my, the narrow frame and the wide frame. Mm -hmm. And it should fit, you know, most everybody from there on. Perfect. And how do you, and how do you tell, like, say if you're, you're trying to, you're teaching a beginner, how do you tell if the read is fitting you right? So if you're at a store and you take your read, basically, if you put your thumb kind of, if you take your thumb and you put your thumb up to it, like, like this here, okay. and you kind of measure if you kind of measure the, the width, basically, mm -hmm. with your thumb, you're not measuring the whole width of the reed, like from the edge here to here. You just want to know this part here to here. So what you're feeling for is the actual frame 
that's inside there because there'll be aluminum frame in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if I have one not built. Just like, give me one sec here. Okay, so here's a frame. That's what the frame looks like. So what you're measuring for is this outside edge here to here. And you're trying to, you're basically using your thumb to do that. And if you, of course, you're going to have tape on it. So you got to take that into it a little bit. But if your thumb fits pretty even with that, that's the size frame you're going to be. If all of a sudden you put your thumb up to say, here, I'm going to pull this one apart. Yeah, because I know for me, uh, starting out, if I didn't have the right read size, I just yeah. I put one on and then I could almost make every noise right out of the gate versus others. You get a lot of air getting past and it gets harder. It feels yeah. you're like really laboring for even cow calls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can see this one here. Obviously, my thumb is way, way bigger than what this one is. Mm-hmm. So this would. Like if I throw this one in my mouth, it gets lost up in my palate because I have a really not high palate, but it's flat and wide. So that's why when I throw this one in, you know, this one fits my thumb pretty good to where the frame would be. Awesome. So, so that's kind of one quick thing you can do at the store. Just put your thumb up to it and, and have a quick look. And what I do is, you know, press on the tape so that you can definitely see where the frame is that's how wide it's going to be so perfect so yeah. that's kind of just a quick little gauge i mean everybody's thumb is a little bit different size but once you do it a couple times you're going to see exactly what i mean and you're going to be like okay and then from there while you're at home take your thumb so you know how big your thumb is put it up in your palate like that like literally touch the roof of your mouth and then go side to side so and what you want, like on me, I have about an eighth of an inch on each side when I go back and forth. My thumb isn't touching my upper molars instantly. I have to go back and forth a little bit. So that's going to give you a really good idea. You know, as soon as you go to the store now and put your thumb up to it and go, okay, well, dang, that's going to be pretty close. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll save you 15 bucks, you know, buying one just to go, huh, get it home and go, man, that thing doesn't even fit. Yeah. What a waste of money, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a great tip. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about the bull sounds. You know, everyone's favorite. It, like, I, I feel like everybody, as soon as they pick up a bugle tube, they just want to rip. They yeah. just want to rip bugles and rip, uh, you know, chuckles and all this stuff. But let's just start out basically from the basics of like, now that we learn how to make, you know, make sounds with our 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 reed, we know how to make cows cow sounds calf sounds we know how to use apply the bugle tube let's talk a little bit about how we make the bull sounds okay and we don't need to go through them i think you know just the regular bugle and then later on at you know in the next the very end we'll we'll maybe just apply a chuckle and i think that's probably good you know an overload for everybody like i said yeah you're going to take a lifetime to learn you know lip balls and all these advanced calls oh yeah so what i'll show you um it's something we call the siren it takes you from making a tone on this reed to being able to have a cow sound and a bull sound. So the siren is you just put it on your tongue you go all the way up to a high note and then you come all the way back down and you take a big breath when you're doing it. So clean your spit, big breath in, fill your diaphragm. And then I want you to do this. Basically, you start very low, go up to a high note, come all the way back down, end at that low note again. So, and then from there, to get the cow sound, you start shortening it. So, you just start squishing it down. So, So see how I took the siren? I just squished mm-hmm. it right down to a cow call. 
it's nice okay. too to gauge it how you gauge it they're like on a linear scale because then you can yeah. really you can really get an understanding from your hand how you're applying pressure and then when you're coming back down from that pressure yeah as well. exactly yeah that's kind of the key to it now everybody says well how do you get a bugle out of that so remember you're taking it up to the high note from yeah. there don't come back down now just end it with a with your voice so it's, which which was the yeah. And then that part I found like that making that grunting noise. Yeah. You know, I, what I did, I just practiced making that grunting noise with the reed, like just the regular, just making yep. that. And then, cause I've really struggled getting that out of the end of that sequence. So you're going up high, coming down and then like throwing that out there, just like dropping it, you know, like yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. 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 So kind of practice it without the reed even just, you know, force yourself to go. Rah, mm-hmm. rah. You know, some people can't do it. You know, I go to trade shows and I, I do seminars all the time and I get the crowd to do the, the grunt with me. And, you know, I'll say, okay, look, do a grunt. And they're, you know, very yeah, wimpy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. throw it out there. It's like, yeah. get into it. Like, use your, use your rough voice inside. Like, so. Yeah. And I feel like, like, this is something, it's definitely like any other muscle. You have to train it, right? And that's I've, why I've, I kind of wanted to start talking about these in February rather yep. than talk about them, you know, when everybody usually does in the middle of August, two weeks away from yep. the season. Because like any other muscle, you have to train it. And if you have to keep it up, and if you don't train it, you're going to, it's not going to work as good. And not only that, yep. it's going to get tired. And if it's getting tired, then it's going to sound not as great. It's going to sound shitty, right? It's just like training, yep. you know, like training for a marathon or training, yeah. you know, training for a bench press or yeah. anything, you have to, you have to keep it up year round. You can't just, you know, not do it. Or same as shooting your bow. You can't just pull it out of your closet and expect to yeah. be great at it again. Right. You have to yeah. constantly work at it constantly, you know, just keep the muscles in shape. Yeah. The way I look at it, you got a partner that you're going out there elk hunting with for the most part. You don't want them to have to do all the calling. You want to be able to do your part and call for them as well. So you got to, like you say, you got to take the read out. You got to put the work in and you got to practice with it. Wear five or six of these out before even hunting season comes, you know, like oh, they yeah. don't last forever. It's like going to Tim Hortons, buying a coffee in the morning. This is your coffee in the morning. You know, just think of it that way. If you can wear five or six of these out by the time, you know, September rolls around, you're going to be well on your way to being a pretty good caller. So, so going into that siren, going back to it, going to, uh, changing to the bugle. So the siren goes up and then back down. So with your bugle, just go all the way up and like say, end it with a, and that's all you have to do. That's a perfect location bugle right there on its own. So you add that to a tube. Now you got a bugle, and if there's a bull out there within earshot and he hears you, good chance you're going to get a reply from that. Mm-hmm. So, how does that different from like a challenge bugle? So, a challenge bugle would be more you'd go more into like a, a growl. Uh, advertising bugle has more of a growl on it, so there's different stages. So, you got uh, a location bugle. No. Then an advertising bugle would be growly. Because no. advertising bugle, you're trying to sound awesome for the ladies. And then going into your challenge bugle, you'd be more aggressive. I'm going to switch to a different read because I'm going to push harder on it. So you're going to press harder on it. You're going to scream more into it. And you're going to be a lot more aggressive. So keep in mind in the elk language, longer calls is nice and relaxed and nothing going on. As soon as you start making shorter and shorter calls, they get more aggressive. So, so the cadence of the call. So like, yeah, you you see what you mean? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Think of it as uh, an emotional level. Normally they start out at emotion zero, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing going on, just cow talk, cow, cow talk, location, bugles. You know, talking once, you know, one another. But if a bull comes into another guy's territory and he's he's closer to him, 
his bugle is going to be a lot more aggressive, a lot more sharp, and a lot shorter because he's he's talking to that bull as if that bull has cows. You know, it's just like you and me going out, and I see you got a pretty girlfriend, and maybe I want to see if I can have a crack at her or whatever. I'm going to challenge you to, you know, to a fight kind of thing is, you know, what Joel Turner talks about guys going to the bar all the time and watching bar fights. So it's basically things start getting more aggressive and heated and, and that's how the elk language kind of goes, you know, it goes level, level, level. Gotcha. So, so basically it would be, you get more aggressive with it. You're pressing harder on it. I'm pressing more air out. Throw your voice in a little bit more. You can do the growl or you can do a lip ball. It doesn't really matter. Just the trick is be more aggressive and hammer it out there and end with that little, like, almost like it's ferocious sounding at the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That, gotcha. That's more That's more of a challenge bugle. So Yeah. Okay. Cool. So now let's put this all together. So um, let's talk a little bit about what calls to use and when to use them. So let's just start with, I think maybe we'll just go through the same sequence we did building up to where we are now. Let's talk about like cow and calf calls. When's a good time to use those and when's not a good time? So good time for a cow and calf is all year round. They're doing normal, like even right now they're out there. The herds are in... Alberta, they're herd, they're herded up big time. They're two and three hundred right now. So if you go out there in the morning and you're you know pretty pretty close to them, you're going to hear them chippering back and forth all the time. So you can never go wrong ever with a cow and calf call. Um, the only time I kind of shy away from a cow sound is when it's you know September tenth on. I'm kind of careful using a cow call after that uh, because those bulls they usually have have a herd rounded up already and the girls are now leading the whole the whole the whole tribe basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) so if you're walking down a game trail and you just willy-nilly throw out a cow call those other girls that are over there hearing you they're going to round up and they're going to take their bull over the next ridge just it's one of those things where it's the new kid in school um you kind of have to pay your dues you know when you're a new kid in school before you're accepted into the little clicks. It's the same thing walking through the cow woods down the cow trail, making a cow sound. They're going to hear you nine times out of 10. It's the girls that lead the pack and they're going to literally go out the back door on you. And then that bull's going to keep bugling to you. But now you've turned that bull into a runner. And we've all had that where they're going over the next ridge, but you're still bugling yeah. at you and you think, okay, I'm going to close the distance. I moved up 200 yards. You cow call to him again, and he bugles again, but now he's 300 yards. Oh, yeah. man, I got to move faster. So you cover another 250 yards, cow call to him again. Now he's 400 yards away. He bugles back, but now you're going, man, what do I got to do? Like, they keep going away. Put gotcha. your cow call away. Yep. Switch to a bugle. Okay. Yep. And the only way to really turn those, you have to sound very, very aggressive more so than what the bull they have already for those cows to want to turn back and go, okay, dang, that dude sounds really awesome. Maybe we should give him a chance to go have a look at him. So that's the only way to turn that herd back around and stop that bull from going away and away. So in that instance, I'm walking down the trailhead, I'm throwing cow calls out. They respond back to me. I do it again. The the, The bull responds back to me. Again, but now all of a sudden I keep it going and I realize that they're walking away from me. Yeah. Pull your bugle tube out, hammer that. Now, okay, now let's talk about that a little bit. In that scenario, what kind of bugle should we be doing? I would be doing what's called the advertising bugle. So it's and one that's step. the one we already went through previously. Yep. It's mm-hmm. basically one step up from your location bugle. Mm-hmm. The only difference is you're shortening it up just a little bit and you're growling at the end. So location bugle there's no growl at the end maybe just slightly but nothing really aggressive so that's your basic location now advertising you're going to short it and you're going to growl and a lot of times i like to growl at the start of it as well so 
So now you've got kind of more aggressive at the start. You go into that high note so they're hearing you, and then you finish it with that growl. And when you're out in the bush, really put everything you got into it. Like, try to sound as awesome as you can because you got to remember, you're doing the advertising bugle because you're trying to advertise how awesome you are to the females. If they think you're awesome, they're going to come and have a look at you. If they think, oh, he sounds like a little spiker dink he's not they're not going to turn and come and look at you right so you want to try to sound pretty big and aggressive worth their while yeah and that's where it comes back to what we were talking about previously is that that's why it's important to practice now to build those muscles up because again if you're you know when you really call and really are calling and Mm -hmm. if you're calling for a lot during a day man you get tired quick you wouldn't believe Mm -hmm. how fast you get exhausted like and winded just making oh yeah so it's really important to practice these now you know build up that muscle and to keep it throughout the season and not only that you're hiking up these trails and usually they're going uphill so you're tired you're winded Mm -hmm. um you've been following them for you know a couple two three four hundred yards already bugling at them now you're basically what if you've turned that bull and the cows start coming back now you're going to have a heated battle with that bull. So, holy man, you went from them running away to all of a sudden, man, I'm going to get in a fight with this bull. That fight, that bugling match could be half an hour. It could mm-hmm. be an hour. It could be two hours. You know, yeah. by the by the end of two hours, you're just like, oh, I'm going back to the truck because I'm exhausted. Right. And your yeah, buddies are yeah. looking at you going, well, we just had an awesome bugling match. Like, why are you tired? How come you? dude, I've been putting everything out into this, you know, fighting with this bull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so let's talk a little know. bit about, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that and we'll get into a couple more scenarios. Um, so now we get the bull back. What kind of call should we do now? Do we, do we so, maintain that advertising bugle or do we switch it up? Yeah. Yeah. The only way you're going to call that bull back in now is you got to stay aggressive and keep shortening your bugles a little bit more and really start raking trees, like really, like just it's all in the advertising uh sequence basically you gotta just advertise and advertise and advertise until you're blue in the face and finally that bull either he can leave his cows and go the other way or he can come and face you and see if he can push you off that's Mm -hmm. their only option really so nine times out of ten that's when you're gonna get that bull to turn and next you know he's coming right at you yeah, for sure. I was going to say, you know, around that time, I don't feel yep. most bulls aren't going to take off unless they've had their ass handed to them quite a few times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they got nothing to lose. They they had to gain their girls and now they got to fight to protect the girls. Right. So, and being the out caller, that's where most guys fail because now they switch back to their cow call and they start going, <coughs> thinking, well, now, this bull's in love. I got to give him a cow call. The exact wrong thing to do because now you're turning the girls away and they're going to get, they're going to go away again. Mm-hmm. So you just mm-hmm. wasted all that time trying to get the bull to turn and come back. You got to stay aggressive and push him and push him and push him. And that's, that's the only way you, you got to back him into the corner and then he's going to have to fight. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. Now let's do another scenario. So now you said, not to use that so let's say it's september 15th you're walking through the trailhead what's kind of like walk us through your sequence of events so for me i like to go into the bush you know two three hundred yards and then i'll i'll do a setup literally i'll do a setup where i start with bull sounds and it's it's basically an advertising sequence is what i'll start out with some chuckles some some light tree raking you know, grab a stick, grab a dry stick and, you know, sit up beside a dry poplar tree or something that sounds really good at echoes every time you swipe it. Um, and I start out really nonchalant, just, you know, I'm just raking it really lightly and I'm just basically doing chuckles and maybe some moans and groans. <laughs> just some chuckles like that, rake the tree. Do a moan. You know, elk type sounds, you know, moans and groans, chuckles. Mm-hmm. 
And then I'll literally go quiet for 15, 20 minutes after I've done that. And that sequence, I'll probably do it for, I'll probably do the, the sounds then I'll do some raking and then I'll do some sounds and then I'll, I'll wait 15, 20 minutes and I'll just kind of wait there. You know, your arrows knocked, you're paying attention to all the areas around you and mm-hmm. you're just, you're listening intently for something to answer you in the distance. So after 15, 20 minutes has went by, you haven't heard nothing. That's when I'll throw out the advertising bugle. So. <laughs> throw that out there. And then I'll go back to doing some more tree raking. And then I'll probably end it with a few moans and groans, stuff like that. And you notice there's no cow sounds whatsoever. I'm basically trying to portray that I'm a bull out there. I don't have any girls with me. I'm just trying to attract some females over my direction is all I'm trying to do. And when you portray that, those bulls that are out there in the distance, they're going to hear you advertising. They know exactly what you're doing. You're trying to attract cows and their automatic thought in their head is, gee, maybe he's got two or three cows already. Maybe I should go over there and have a look, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those bulls, that's why I do this. Those bulls that are in the distance, they're thinking females instantly. That bull sounds good. He's going to have females with them. So now those bulls are coming in. And nine times out of ten, they'll bugle or they'll, they'll chuckle before they start moving. And then they start coming your direction. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's pretty, it sounds boring. It, it sounds boring for a lot of people, but when you go into an area that you've scouted and you've had to have scouted these areas, like you do, Kevin, I know you scout a lot. You're going into elky looking spots and on their way in, you're looking for that fresh green poop and stuff. And if you see that, you're like, Oh, the elk are here. You go Mm -hmm. in and you start doing these setups. Every time you call, you have that feeling inside, like, man, I'm calling something in this time, Mm -hmm. like no matter what. Right. So it turns those boring acts of just doing it into holy crap man like there could be a giant seven by seven here you know and he can hear me yeah for sure so when you're walking into these areas before you start your calling sequence i'm assuming that there's a lot of uh intentional you know it's it's very advantageous for you like say you were bull honey we want to be going into an area we don't want to be walking into like a real thick area and then start calling because if all of a sudden if a bull shows up we're not going to have a shot. So we want, yeah. you're walking into an area, you're having a lane, uh, you're calling in towards that lane, stuff like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So how it works in the elk woods, if you're walking through a game trail and it's really thick, stuff like that, but then you come to kind of an opening or a clearing where there's just scattered willows and trees and rose bushes and stuff. Basically, if you call right from there, the elk are going to come to the other side of it mm-hmm. and they're going to basically stop and start scanning the area looking, okay, the sound's coming from over there. I should be able to see that bull that's over there. So the worst thing you can do is come to a clearing and stop and set up and start calling right there. What I like to do is get to that clearing, <clears throat> scan it out a little bit, make sure there's nothing that's out there you know, looking at you, go to the other side of it, And just as you're getting through that clearing, usually it's a little bit thicker right at the start of it. But as you get into it, it opens up just a little bit more. I'll stick close to that game trail, but then I'll go off to the side about 15, 20 yards. And that's where I do my setup from. So you don't give them a chance to come to the clearing and hanging up on you. You're already through that spot. So, Gotcha. Um, What about if a bull, you're calling in a bull, he's calling back to you. And he gets hung up. Let's talk a little bit about making him commit that little extra bit. How do we get him? What call do we use to get him to come? Now, just make that last, you know, 10, 15 yards or 15 feet even to where I'm going to be able to get a shot. Yeah. So if you're by yourself, that's a really hard scenario to overcome. Uh, if a bull's hung up on you, you're pretty much going to have to, what I let him do, I let him hang up let him do his thing and then I let him move off and then I'll bump up and it's all about your setup. You have to establish a really good setup if you want to call that bull in. So I'll I'll literally let the bull walk away 
you know, if he's bugling, great. You can keep tabs on him, how far he is away from you. Um, but even if you don't hear him, let him walk away, you know, give him 20 minutes, give him half an hour, and then I'll bump up, say that little distance where he was already. Really slowly, you're walking up that game trail, just tippy-toeing up it, basically. You know, a lot of times I'll have an arrow knocked at the same time that I'm going up there because you're by yourself. If he all of a sudden is st- standing there to the side, you're only going to get one shot at him. Uh, <clears throat> so once I get to where I feel I have a better spot of calling him in again, I'll literally start with breaking again. And I'll go back to being kind of not too aggressive because I don't want to like scare him off further if he's already hung up on me, you know, because it's, if a bull's hanging up on you, it's probably because either he's got cows or he's a little bit intimidated by what you're sounding like. So when you've moved up the raking sequence you're doing, don't just, you know, absolutely destroy a tree. Um, just kind of go back to just raking and advertising. And then what I would do is, you know, go back into that chuckle and see if you can bring him back in. Cause a chuckle is basically, it's the sound to them. It's basically saying, you know, everything's okay. Come on over, bud. Let's, you know, let's, let's mingle a little bit is all a yeah. chuckle does. So awesome. So we never call, uh, we never covered that. Could you quickly just give us a demonstration on how to do that? Paul? Yeah. So a chuckle is kind of a two part series. It's, uh, you're using your read, you're going, eh, and then your voice is sucking in. So the read is going out, eh, and then your voice is coming in, you're going, eh, 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 eh. so you're actually using your voice to make that sound. So kind of like, and then you just speed it up. So. So, and believe it or not, that's probably one of the hardest out calls to learn how to do properly. When you first start out, you're just going to go. You have, you have to turn it into that two part where you're. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy to do. Yeah. It's no, nice. you have to have good pacing too and rhythm with it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And if you can hear like what you said, they're pacing. Um, I'll start out slow, then I'll go fast, and then I'll end up slow. So <laughs> so that's kind of my cadence. I kind of go up with it and then back down. Mm-hmm. And don't don't mix that up to grunt. Because grunts sound similar, but there's only two or three. And that's a more aggressive. That comes after your challenge bugle. Then you'd be like, rawr, rawr, rawr. that's that's challenging. A chuckle is a Khmer call. So gotcha. you'd basic so a grunt would be <coughs> and you can tell it's a lot more aggressive mm-hmm. versus You know, big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess that's extremely important because obviously, if you're trying to invite a bull in, you don't want to be making threatening sounds. Exactly. Yep, that's right. And tr- yeah. Travis, is there a certain level of of uh, latex that you're going to want to be using usually when you're getting into that level of calling? That's going to have the durability to hold up. Yeah, yeah. That's when I would switch and go to my Reaper. Honestly, that's I would I'd go to my thicker. The thicker yeah. one and just stay with that mm-hmm. yeah because at that point you're not worrying about making cow calf stuff you're worrying about making bull sounds and with that read you can do all your moans and groans your chuckles your screams your lip balls your location beagles and then if you have to you can switch it to a cow call if mm-hmm. say that bull's walking through and all of a sudden he does come into your sounds well, now he's walking between your shooting lanes and he's he's entering it. Now you can either give him a cow call or a bark. So you guys, you never want to shoot a walking elk, no matter what, because one of their strides is equivalent to three or four of ours. So they can cover, you know, five, six feet in one step kind of thing. So always give a little or a bark 
anything like that. Mm-hmm. By the time they're coming into your your shooting lanes, you're probably at full draw already. So you're going to be at full draw, and all you got to do is just you know you're going to have a read in your mouth. You're at full draw. They come into your lane. Yeah, and it's gone, right? So yeah, and especially with bow hunting, learning to use the reeds is very important because, like you said, we've all you know, there's times you know everything happens really quickly when you're in the elk woods, and like you need the ability to stop elk sometimes to get that shot. And like, yes, you definitely do not want to shoot on a moving animal if you can. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, that's really good point. And the trouble is, like a lot of us go out there and we struggle. You know, this year it was tough. It was plus 30 when we got out there, mm-hmm. August 25th till September. Dang, I think it was September 8th by the time it started finally cooling down. So it was plus 30 the whole time we were out there. You know, if you finally do get on an elk and you call them in, you don't want to mess it up just because you didn't have a read in your mouth and you couldn't mm-hmm. stop them. You know, so really think about that prior to, you know, what, you know, with everything that's going on. You know, if you got an elk coming in, have a reed in your mouth and be ready to stop them in your shooting lane. Because, you know, nothing more frustrating than going out there for your seven or ten day hunt. And you don't call anything. You don't hear nothing. It's frustrating. So that one time, it takes five seconds and everything turns around and boom, you got an elk coming in. And he's going to be in your lap in two minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. So. Uh, and that's the thing is like, you never know when elk are going to show up. And like, if you, you know, mm-hmm. I've had instances where I've been sitting there calling out, calling elk. And all of a sudden I get up and go to walk away. Cause I think it's nothing happened. And I turn around and I bump an elk because yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, he was coming in. He was coming yeah. into my calls. I just wasn't patient enough. Right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that all comes with experience. It does. And, and, and don't feel bad about that because that happens to me every year. You know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty dig- dil- diligent about my setups. And I'll stay in one spot for 45 minutes. If my mm-hmm. spidey, if my spidey senses are tingling, I'm staying for an hour, maybe an hour and 20 minutes, you know, in that one spot. And then even once I do decide to move, I'm only moving 150, 200 yards. And then I'm doing it all over again. You know, if get to your next good spot where you think it's a good setup, you know, get all set up back in and start your whole sequence again. So for sure. Awesome. Okay, Trap. Question: If guys are guys going to your web page, what three calls would you recommend? You know they've never called before. One, the first call that's going to be able to get them to make the sounds. Two, they're and I'm talking the, now. Now, guys and gals listening, we're going to start practicing now. We're going to start making the calls, and we're going to work all the way to September. So, yeah, what calls? What what three calls basically from now till September, and then they can hunt with all September. And keep it in mind that yeah. They're going to start practicing right now. Never used to read. And that's going to yeah. carry them through all the way to where they're going to be able to make in these bugles. bugles yeah. So right off the get go, uh, the calf call, it's called the frolicker. It's the latest latex read that I make and in our lineup. And I actually make this, the sassy is actually on the same. It's on the same latex. So this one's a soft stretch. This one's a tighter stretch. So. It doesn't matter which one you start with, just whatever one you like, you know, whatever one you like better. Some people want yellow, some want blue, whatever. It doesn't really matter. The colors don't matter. Um, And then just get proficient with doing your cow-calf stuff. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, try not to bugle a whole lot on the real light ones, Mm -hmm. unless you've bought like eight or ten of them, because then you're going to wear them out really quick, you know. That's good for me as a manufacturer. It's not good for you, <laughs> yeah. you know, as a person using the call, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want, then when you want to start moving up to it, um, I would say go to like the chaos. This is a zero four middle of the road. And it's kind of like a, it's a higher end on the stretch, which is going to get you the higher, higher cow sounds, uh, calf sounds as well. But now you're going to really start being able to tune into your bugles. You know, start with your location bugle. I um, would really recommend you start practicing your chuckle. Start learning how to do a chuckle. Uh, with that call, a chuckle, a location bugle, and an advertising bugle. That's the one that gets growly with your voice. 
That's all the calls you need. A truckle, location bugle, advertising bugle, cow and calf sounds. You go into any elk woods anywhere from Alberta, BC, Montana, Arizona, New Mexico. It doesn't matter. With those sounds, you'll be able to call in and, and have a really good chance of harvesting elk with just those sounds. Awesome. Okay. And those are available at wapityriveroutdoors.com, yeah. correct? Yeah. Wapityriveroutdoors.com. Yeah. Or just click the link, the link that's coming up right now for you, those of you who are yeah. watching this. And uh, I highly recommend you watch it rather than listen to it. If you are listening to it, head over to the YouTube channel and you get to see it all. Okay, Trav, I yeah. really appreciate your time. I know you're swamped. You got orders going out the door like crazy. Uh, thanks for all the tips and uh, we'll talk soon. You got anything to you add? You bet, guys. Eric? No, thanks for having me. Yeah, okay. thank you guys as well. I appreciate coming on okay. here every and, time. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks.